Hello friends, welcome to Dietitians Unfiltered. We are your hosts Tess and Meg, both dietitians, here to chat with you about all things nutrition, life and the career of a dietitian. We hope to educate and have a laugh as we share with you our journey as dietitians and friends navigating our way through our 20s. So let's get into the show. Hey Tess, how are you? Hello, Meg. I'm good, and you? I'm very excited for this podcast today. Yeah, I'm doing well. So today we are going to be chatting about final year for dietetic students. So basically sharing our experience and our tips that we learned throughout the year that can hopefully help final years. And we know it's kind of the end of final year for the current students. But um, hopefully it's still useful for exams and stuff. And then for those going into final year next year, hopefully this can be useful for prep and like what to expect for each rotation. Also, we are obviously from Stellenbosch University, so we can only really comment on that experience. But I mean, dietetics is dietetics. So hopefully some of it can also translate to other students at other universities. Yeah, so we are literally just dumping all of our thoughts and our tips. So you might need to take some notes or a re-listen to pick up some of the some of the tips and some of the stuff that we're sharing. So just to start, Tess, did you do any like planning or prep before going into final year? Sure, Meg. I'm not going to lie. This podcast is giving me a bit of PTSD. <laughs> I'm going back to university and actually thinking about the, the four years that we had. It was not an easy experience, but it was so rewarding. Um, but you know what? I actually felt, for those of you who don't know, we were in our third year, which is predominantly theory year. So we finished all our theory, was during COVID. So we had to learn and study everything online. So I felt quite overwhelmed going into final year because we didn't have that practical exposure. We were supposed to be going into the hospital and doing clinical work every week, but we didn't have that. So I did feel quite overwhelmed. Um, going into going into final year, I just felt like I didn't have the practical experience. But the prep, um, I did actually do prep, which I'm quite proud of. I'm not much of a prepper. I normally sort of <laughs> just go with the flow. <laughs> You're the more organized one out of us, but yeah. I made a little <laughs> make definitely like your you helped me out, saved me a lot during uni. But I made like a summary document with sort of all the cutoff values and a little bit of theory. So, for instance, like the stabilization rehab phase for ICU patients and blood glucose level for diabetic patients. Um, just short notes if I had something. I had to quickly look up and then I also made like a little template for when we assessing the patients so the ABCDs which we'll talk about later but I actually ended up not really using it because it was too detailed but I think that's why we have the final year to learn and then I did intend to study every weekend which I didn't always do, <laughs> but I did read the notes, <laughs> if I'm being honest. <laughs> um, I did read theory notes, but what I should have done better is read the articles 
ones that Prof Blau gave us. I remember she gave us like 10 a day to read, which we could never really do. But I should have gone through those. So that's my first tip for everyone listening. But yeah, I did a little bit of prep. Could have done more, but I'm, I don't have any regrets. I came out of there fine. So Meg, what was your process to prepare for final year? Um, I was also pretty stressed, to be honest, um, not knowing what to expect. Also, like we wrote our exams online. Uh, so, yeah, I feel like you don't learn as well as you maybe should if it's online exams. Like, I think everyone experienced that. Or it's just not the same, like the same, it's just not the same. You know, you're like at home, riding in your house, like your dog's chilling, you know. It's just not the same level of, I don't know, intensity. So definitely like nailing your theory is probably like the golden rule, I think, in third year, because then you'll be more prepped, obviously, for final year. Um, But an organizational freak <laughs> that you know. So I made a file for therapeutic nutrition for the rotation so up like the all the feeds for example like the breakdown all the feeds and like summary of like other all the feeds that there were um biochemistry like all of the practical stuff we got in third year and then also for each block like I know for renal we got like infographics and stuff like that like a summary sheet as well all of that kind of stuff put in a file and then I also made my summaries in third year were blank pieces of white paper that I'd then summarize, try summarize like everything onto like one page back to front, like all the just very important stuff. Cause I think you learn as well. Like it's, it's mainly when you, when you're working on your feet and you in hospital, it's like all the NB stuff, you know, cause the others like background, like it's, it's all the theory kind of makes up your base and then when you're there, you're just looking at that, that top tier of work, if that makes sense. Like, because it's already in your head. So you kind of like, you do go through it, but it's not the most NB, but you need to have that knowledge to actually make decisions. So I put all those summaries as well in the file. And then, yeah, basically then when I was studying as well, then I had one file with all of my therapeutic stuff that was like really important. And then I'd go to the notes if I needed to. And then I, most of the time, did read the articles either on the Sunday or the Monday. Um, I feel like that really helped. Also used that for mm-hmm. my dummy runs and stuff like that because the articles have really nice information and they're like juicy stuff. Like, like everything's just so, yeah, juicy information. I don't know. So it's always nice to like have that on hand to say, because, you know, your lecturers and stuff will ask you questions like, why are you using this? Or what is the contraindication or whatever? And the articles really help you like formulate your answers and like have that knowledge in your head. So yeah, I did do a bit of prep. Um, I think, yeah, you kind of learn as you go though, for sure. So yeah, that's all I really did. Yeah, I think definitely the articles is NBMB because you know your theory. You've spent the last three years learning it, but read those flippant articles and it sounds pretty good when you're like, well, the literature says this. I remember though, <laughs> when we're in World Round, so Megan and I were in the same intern group, which is how we became so close. And I I don't even know if you'd remember this, but I just thought it was really funny because you're always on the ball and you're like, you knew, you knew your stuff. Um, and you were like, yeah, I just Googled this. 
Ja. Oh my gosh. You googled it. You're like, I mean, I I read the literature. (laughs) So don't say you googled something. (laughs) That was hilarious. That was an oncology. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then I looked at me and I was like, sorry, literature told me. Gosh, now I'm like memory lane here. Um, Anyway, so. Let's get started then, talking mainly about therapy, I guess. Mm. Let's get started on what you feel helped you during your hospital rotations therapy. Yeah, so therapy was definitely the hardest block and probably, in my opinion, the most interesting. Um, But I think we both love the clinical aspect of dietetics. Have a notepad. Make sure you write notes. So that's first thing because with your end of blocks and your dummy runs and everything, they're going to be asking you the information that you learn practically because you've done your theory. They've tested you on your theory. They want to know what you can do practically and ask and answer as many questions as you can on those rounds. I know it can be scary if you get something wrong or you maybe think that you're not right, but rather just say it and then learn from the mistakes or get it right and feel good about yourself. I remember lots of times I was very scared to answer questions and I actually knew the answer. So rather just say it. And if you get it wrong, it's really not the end of the world. The whole point of fourth year is to prepare you for the real world. And we're working in a group. So really lean on each other's strengths and learn from each other. You can even study together if you if you want to. And everyone in the group has different strengths. Some people were really good at educating When we did group education, some people were really good in specific blocks, maybe ICU or diabetes, really good at counseling. So lean on that and learn from each other, which is it's really nice to have that that group setting. And if you need, which I think definitely in the beginning of the year is have a file with all the information. Like Megan, I said, we did sort of like a summary page. So if you do want to just quickly check something that it's there and that you don't feel too flustered. And then something else to prepare for the wards is having a template. So you have your A, B, C, D, E. So for those who don't know that, it's the way that we assess a patient. So A is anthro, which is your measurements. B is all your bloods, biochem. C, clinical signs on your body. D, diet. So what the patient's eating at home and in the hospital. And then E is then for environment. Um but yeah, that template honestly saved me, specifically in the beginning when you're still like learning to do everything and not to forget to ask a question or forget to write down the medication and then you have to go back, you know, because you, you have a lot of your patients build up throughout the week and it's just nice to have something on hand that you feel everything in and you can also go back and refer to that when you're doing your case study or you know, following up on the patient, you can have follow-up notes and stuff like that as well because you don't have time. You have to manage your time in the hospital as well. So that's really helpful. You're not like working on folios and like you get home, you're like, oh my gosh, I don't even know which patient and who belongs to what. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that template really helped. And I think we worked together. We ended up sharing stuff as well. So um, if you even want to make a template within your group that everyone uses, like just help each other out with that kind of stuff um because yeah I think that was really helped me like streamline my process 
and learn like what's important and you know those kind of notes and then also if you are doing your form presentations then and you like miss something or they ask you a question like you can actually look maybe it's in your notes and you missed it or something like that so yeah I think that's like a great really great tip and you don't want to get home prepare your your presentation for the next day and realize you forgot a whole section or forgot to ask your patient something because then you've got to come back earlier or you've got I don't know so just yeah it's a really big lifesaver to have that template I think it's really important um so take time to to definitely do that before your each block or before your therapeutic blocks and then I remember our days were from seven till four and sometimes we'd get there at hopper six and there were some days I just did not take a break I was like I need to especially when we had we had two clinical blocks packed together it was infectious diseases and um oncology and I remember running, do you remember, Meg? It was a kilometer yeah. from each section yeah. of the hospital and running back and forth. So we would have the the case presentations and then we'd have to go back and then we'd have to go back to the other, other ward to get more patients. And it was just completely chaotic and often just skipped lunch or didn't have anything. And I remember being so tired. I remember walking down one of the corridors with my eyes closed thinking oh, <laughs> I need a nap I need a nap I need a nap like maybe I can nap while I walk um prioritize taking breaks take a snack and if you have to stay an extra 30 minutes to see a patient that's fine you're not going to die I remember wanting to leave as early as possible as well at uni just take a break take a break and we had a really nice Vida um cafe there so we used to get toasties and cappuccinos all the time when we did take breaks and that was really nice just to regroup and rest kind of forget our own nutrition when you know we're just busy running around trying to just keep our head above water but yo I I lost so much weight the first block of therapy because I just didn't eat lunch and I'd come back and I'd be like I'm starving firstly and it's just like not healthy. And then you just feel mentally drained as well. Because now you got to go back and you got to do your case studies. You got to, you know, prep for the next day. So that's really important. And um, yeah, just also because now when you're going into the working world, you also have to remember those things and practice those things. You know, managing your time, having your lunch break or having a snack break. Like, you know, so, so really prioritize yourself as well. And if there is a place on the hospital ground or campus, I mean, ours is connected, which is nice. Then take that break, have a coffee with everyone or have a snack. And then everyone's together. You don't feel like, oh my gosh, you want to eat, but not everyone else is working. Like we had a great group dynamic in mm-hmm. that everyone would go down together, have something to drink, have something to eat. And then we'd go back, which was really nice because you felt like you were part of, the group and yeah you can really lean on each other and you know it wasn't like there's no competition like you're all trying to learn you're all trying to yeah and just take care of yourself it's a big adjustment to be dealing with these patients you're dealing with very sick people I think all the universities will get tertiary hospital experience so it's very intense cases you see a lot of illness you see a lot of death um so you don't want to be fatigued and emotionally drained as well so just bear in mind that we are all human and we all need to look after ourselves in order to do our best for ourselves and our patients. And then moving on to what all the final years are thinking about is end of block 
and like the dummy run. Well, Meg, I think you can talk more about the dummy runs, but let's talk about end of block. So with regards to studying for that, rather do your studying, I guess I'm doing inverted commas, but on every day, because that's where you're learning the most instead of trying to cram all your theory, because theory is important, but it's not how you apply yourself. So really just try and be present. I know that it's tiring. Be present during those ward rounds and answer questions. Ask any question you want so that you can learn and try and just remember the little requirements and the cutoff values before looking at your notes and being dependent on looking at your notes all the time because you want to walk in there and know your stuff you want to be confident and again be confident in yourself I think we often feel as dietitians that maybe we're not valued enough in the hospital but even if we're not we should be walk in there with that sort of confidence Um, we have a really important role to play and then again Mm. make use articles because that's going to give you a a level up on your knowledge because that's the most recent literature that's out there and it can really help you apply your theory to practical experiences yeah I do yeah just talking about having confidence I'll always remember um Miss Sexton told us the story of when she was working at Red Cross I, I believe yeah um, there was a dietitian who was working in peds or neonates or something like that. And she would just like, dem- not demand respect, like in a good way though. Like she just carried herself highly. She knew her stuff. She spoke with confidence and the doctors would like, she'd walk in the ward and the doctors would like, you know, wait to see what her instructions are. And she basically told us that story just to give us some confidence and just to kind of make or sh- share a story of how you know we don't have to be scared you know we have the knowledge we've studied nutrition for three four years so you know just go for it you know don't be scared to give your plan and if it's wrong you learn like you know that's the whole point so always remember to just have confidence in yourself um, and maybe there are some things that you're better at than you know, or your strengths or certain blocks that you really enjoy and maybe then your confidence and um, your knowledge and stuff can come out more. But yeah, just back yourself, you know, and yeah, work each other up as well. When your friend does a good job, you know, tell them, oh my gosh, that was so good. And that way you guys build each other up and you're all learning and gaining confidence, which is, yeah, a really good point. Um, Okay, dummy runs, I believe, is where we are now. Mm-hmm. Um, so your first time around is going to be a bit stressful because you just don't know what to expect almost. Um, but it really is because you got, so time runs is your practical kind of test exam. Yeah. So you got five minutes with the patient, which is really not a lot. So you got five minutes to look at the file and to like, look at the patient and maybe ask them any questions. If you're able to ask them questions, um, see what's hanging, see, you know, see what's going on there. So it really is not, it feels, it's not a lot of time, but it is enough time. So don't be scared about that. You do have enough time and it's ABCD. Like that's what it is in a nutshell. And that's what you know. So when you walk in there, you need to know, okay, A, what is the weight? You need to estimate the weight because you know you've got five minutes, you can't weigh someone. So you've got to estimate the weight. B, look at the biochemistry and you got to pick out the values that are wrong. Often they don't have the reference values. You need to know that off by heart. So then you write down 
what is wrong. C, clinically, is a person wasted? Is there, are there an NG tube? What's happening, you know, in the clinically with the patient? How are their vitals, you know? Um, D, diet. So are they on a specific diet? Are they on NG? What's happening there? And obviously your medical diagnosis needs to come first before all of this as well. <laughs> don't, don't skip that because that's very important because that's kind of where you're starting <laughs> with your patient is medical diagnosis. Um, so really just follow that, follow that, um, approach and you will 100% be fine. You know, that's kind of how they ask you questions, um, is ABCD um, and they'll ABCD. ask you for a nutritional diagnosis and that's from ABCD. Yeah. And just remember that you need to be, try and just take a breath, look at the patient, see what's going on look at the file. So don't look at the file to see if they're on a tube feed or an NG. Look at the patient, you know. I think we get very flustered. And just try and be, again, come in with confidence and try and be as practical as possible instead of trying to remember your notes that you've made in third year. Hmm. So from this, they'll normally ask you a nutritional diagnosis or like a summary of the patient. So that's really from ABCD and the medical diagnosis. And then after that, they might ask you some questions. Um, like, for example, if it's oncology, maybe they'll ask you some specific like theory questions. Like they normally throw one or two theory based questions. So it is important to go through your theory. Um, but it's like one or two questions. And it's stuff that you would have covered in rounds, which is why Tess was saying, you know, you're learning in rounds. So use that time to active, you know, be active and be present. And then, yeah, they do like it if you are able to like work quickly calculate like how much the feed is providing. So just say they're on Frisbee original and you can see the rate because they use pumps. I mean, I'm not even used to a pump in my little hospital. But anyway, um, so if they have an energy tube, look what the bag is, look what rate it's running at, you know, figure out, okay, what's that providing per kilogram, um, that kind of stuff, they'll, they'll be impressed, you know, if you want to really go above and beyond. Um, and sometimes they'll ask you, like, what feed would you use? And then you just say what feed you would use. They don't always ask you to calculate things. Sometimes they'll ask you to calculate things and they'll give you time, you know. Um, or they'll ask you a question and then they'll say like, okay, look for this or whatever. And then let me know what you think. So yeah, just go with it. And all of the, um, lecturers and the clinical facilitators are really lovely. Like they're not out to get you. They really just want to make sure that you feel confident as well in your knowledge. And if there's anything that you've missed, they'll tell you afterwards, like, okay, so this was good, but you know, maybe this is what you missed or whatever so yeah I think if you just go keeping things simple then you'll be 100% fine yeah definitely and I remember um we had a or a dietitian who facilitated us during our renal block and she was quite intimidating and she would ask very challenging questions but the one time afterwards she said after a ward round and we, I don't, yeah, we were really struggling with that section. And she said, we know that this is out of your scope. We know that this is the most complex cases, but we want to challenge you. So they're aware. And maybe if you feel like they're being too hard on you or they're asking very complex questions, it's for your own good and it's for you to learn. So just keep that. Mm. In mind. Mm. And 
And we've all been there before. I think I had a lot of comfort in realizing like people have passed and they're fine and they're doing a great job out there in the world, you know, and I will too. Like I will, you know, people have done it before. So you can also do it. I think that's bottom line. Mm. Yeah, I don't know if there's anything more on theory, on therapy. Therapy, no, I think we are done with therapy. Okay, let's maybe talk about food service. Yeah, food service isn't everyone's favorite module. (laughs) So food service is basically food service management, sorry. So you're looking at, I always tell people, I know how to run an industrial kitchen. So you're looking at the ordering, the receiving, what's being done. And you have to do it. Let me just be honest. I know that no one looks or a lot of people don't look forward to the block because it can be quite boring. But if you really think about it logically and practically, you can do really well in this module and you have to do it. And it does play a part in your patient care. I remember Mm. a story being told that all the patients were HGTs were just rising and we didn't, they didn't know what was happening. And they realized that the food service unit was wasn't making the correct jelly and that's why their blood sugar levels were peaking so high so it does actually play a really important part in patient care and you need to know how the whole system works in order for the patient to get the best care so with food service units with food service in Stellenbosch you're going to get a blue book and that'll have all your tasks and your deadlines so you can use that for planning maybe write that in your calendar plan out the tasks in advance we were with in groups of two hey Meg yeah so we were in groups of two so you work together with your partner if you want to and you sort of just do daily tasks they very doable but there are a lot of tasks so make sure that you get them done as quickly as possible and just tick them off as you as you do a section in the food service unit and you'll have a lot more time during this block compared to therapy so really enjoy that and wherever you are we go to mediclinic um, yeah various areas around cape town so go for your lunch break go get a cup of coffee with your partner get to know each other and just you know switch off from uni but yeah i think that's all i have to say for food service it's just yeah I actually really enjoy. I actually kind of enjoyed food service. I didn't mind it at all. I was in there with a really yeah. bad attitude, but I, I actually really enjoyed it. Just because it's so practical and so logical mm-hmm. and my, like, organizational brain just, like, loves it, <laughs> like, thrives off of it. And um, you really learn a lot being in the unit. I think that's what's important is you working in the unit, you – Firstly, to see how the theory really applies, but how it really influences, like you said, your patient care, but also like people management Mm. and your staff and, you know, that kind of stuff and how um, you, because you have to be a manager in those situations. So you really learn how to be a manager and what's important and how to value everyone's roles and, you know, staff, what their roles are and things like that. And I can definitely say like, because now I'm, the only dietitian at the hospital and you like you really yeah it just makes a big difference to patient care looking at the menu um seeing what's providing they do all the preparation you know so it's really important when you think about your adaptions um for you know like soft soft diet and things like that so just enjoy it and 
yeah, it's really actually quite an enjoyable block. I don't, you know, it's not, if you just go with an open mind, you will really enjoy it. And like I said, there's a lot more time. So um, you can really actually enjoy life a little bit more. You know, um, you have time to exercise, you can do things with your friends. Like it's just a nice block all around. Like mm-hmm. mentally, it's a bit easier. Yeah, and also touching on the people management, they actually, you t- you're learning new skills that I'm using now this year to understand because I remember I was with um one of the girls in our group Nicole is so lovely and we were making sandwiches for the first two days and we thought what the hell why are we making sandwiches but we got to know the staff you know we learned a little bit about the drama and it's really important to to know the people that you would be potentially managing so that you can relate to them. And that can happen on any level, knowing the nurses, knowing the doctors in the hospital and gaining respect. So you do learn important skills apart from the actual systems and how to run run that. But the next block I think is also really relaxed, which is community, if you want to run us through that, Meg. Yeah, um, community is a bit not as organized. <laughs> if you're an organizational person, then you you might struggle a little bit. I know I definitely struggle a little bit with this, just because it's very um, you're very independent. I think that's the reason why is because everything is on you and your group. So you have to do the planning. You have to communicate with whoever you need to communicate with for health education. You have to design everything. You you know, like it's really um, a block where they leave you to be very independent, which I think is good as well because it's teaching you skills that you will use for the rest of your life as a dietitian. So there's lots of tasks, like group work mainly, and then lots of health education sessions. So it's really great because you learn how to give good health education. And like the first few really are not always the best. Um, obviously depending some people are naturals but I definitely learned a lot from the constructive criticism I got during health education and like tips and different resources and like activities to do so that was really great actually I think it's a skill a very important skill as dietitians is that communication and you're basically like running like the clinic like the, the dietetics division in the clinic which is really cool actually um yeah so I think the important thing is just to be um like plan ahead of time and have your education done and have your resources done so if you're making pamphlets if you're making poster if you're making an activity like you had a lot of really nice activities um that's a visual and interactive so just plan those things because you can't do it the night before you know you really have to do it like on the Monday you have to really know what you're doing for the whole week so that's really important and then there are a few group tasks I think I can't even remember but there are some group work there's some group work um so we just use like Google Drive and do everything on there I think it was mainly like some health education I don't even remember no that was food service yes we had a Sam training that we had to do as a group that was cool or was that a church and we spoke to the community health workers yes yeah so um yeah just have that kind of stuff organized and also lean on people like we had one of the guys was from Botswana yes Uh, well if he's I don't know if you'll listen to this but he was so so good at health education I remember we were talking at the school with grade threes now I mean 
it's very difficult. I really teachers, wow, ups to you guys because Gosh, goodness, we is really struggling. And we like going for it, did like a skit type of thing with vegetables or the food groups. Then we were like being so confident, like, you know, using all the analogies, like, do you want to be, you don't want to get sick and not be at school. So you need your vegetables, you know? Yeah. And then um, it was just going terribly. Like the kids were not, were not oh, listening. Yeah. And then Tanal was not speaking and he was incredible. He was like dairy. And he, he jumped was insane. Yeah. He like jumped off. Yeah. He was talking to the kids and then, we all just like stood there and we're like, whoa, let's just let him in like, Wow, he's really good at that. <laughs> so I definitely learned a lot from him um, about health education. And yeah, so I think it's just a lot of like learning and observing. Also, because you do counseling or patients and you normally sit to two. So you learn like, you know, some people are good at some things. So it's nice to like just, you have to be really observant and um yeah you learn like that so it's a very practical block which is cool um and then this also leads on obviously to a quanda so we were in Worcester um yeah which is like one of the nicest rotations hey Tess I love this rotation and this is actually where Meg and I decided we we're going to do a podcast yes. I think we spoke about that in the intro intro episode so this was basically and we were quite lucky because we had it this was our last block and we were in Worcester, so it's between Worcester and Hermanus, and we were both a little bit sad we weren't in Hermanus because we wanted to be by the beach. We were devastated. <laughs> okay, we were devastated. We were like, we need to try and switch, la, la, la. But anyway, I'm actually really happy we had Worcester. It was... Yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing. And a beautiful area, I didn't realize until I went there. Flip, I miss our runs. Meg and I did a 100K challenge. I miss it so yeah. much. And it was such a, sorry, like a well-balanced block. It was. It was just the best. Yeah, we would go back. We had a little res, and we'd go and have lunch together, and do our projects around the dining room table. And then after, after our whatever we're doing during the day, we'd go for a run. It was really, really nice. Um, so really enjoy that. But basically, the aquanda block, aquanda means to grow. I remember we had to do a tree and right things that we had to grow but this is a combination of all three aspects of dietetics and you have a lot of independence so what we had to do is we had to go into the community and do a community profile so you sort of learn about the community what the gaps are and we had to develop a community project and we ended up doing something on sanitation and hygiene and it was amazing and we did, we decided what we wanted to do. So we had that freedom. And it's something that I'm still using now during ComServe. So mm -hmm. I know um, when I go to clinics, there was maybe zero to one patients. Um, so I just said to my supervisor, I'm just going to do a crash visit and do growth monitoring, or I'm going to go and do some training with the community health workers. So it really teaches you to take initiative and keep an eye out for what's missing in the community. It's really fun. And it was, yeah, it was an unexpectedly really enjoyable block. I really enjoyed mm -hmm. it. And we got a little bit of clinical experience as well. We even did... Did we, yeah, we did food management and MBFI. Uh, yeah, at MBFI. So we also learned about auditing and some of the admin aspects of dietetics, which was also important. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I think Aquanda. I think, but it's because it was our last block, but really brought mm. dietetics into full view for me. Like everything just clicked into place. And I feel like I really grew a lot into like I am as a dietitian, you know, um, because we had independence, we were doing a bit of everything. And it's more realistic in terms of like what we do in our everyday life now, I think. Um, so that was really cool. Like it was just so nice to see everything come together yeah it was just awesome like I think yeah one of the best blocks one of the best experiences Mm. it was my favorite block and I remember we were walking in the community just outside Worcester with the community health workers to go and see what we wanted to do our project on and you and I both turned to each other and we said this is what we need to do we're very clinical orientated, but like we want to really get involved with the community. It's such a inspiring part of dietetics to be able to help the community on that level. So maybe you're not using that complex medical nutrition, but you're preventing, you know, diseases and malnutrition. And it's, it's such an important part, especially in South African setting with the poverty and malnutrition. Is it's not just you working in a hospital or it's not just you um, counseling patients you can really take a stand and, and you know strengthen communities in the country which is incredible yeah 100% definitely that is all of the rotations I can't really think of anything else um, at the moment but maybe we can talk a bit about like final exams, orals. So talking about final exams and orals, exams are pretty similar to EOB, I guess. And what we've said, the preparation and, you know, learning on the go kind of is kind of the best advice. You know, all of your theory um, from throughout the year and from third year. So go over things that you maybe struggled with or things that aren't your strengths. Um, focus on that. Don't stress too much about knowing everything because you've gone through the work in your round and you know that information is there for you. And just remember it is a mixture of theory and practical stuff. So you're going to have to know your theory quite well and then obviously be able to apply that and that goes for all of your modules and then I think the only thing that or the only exam that was like a bit tricky I think is community because community is quite like abstract so it's very applied like you I don't know how if you know what I mean by abstract like it's not as black and white you know when you have therapy yeah you have to really know you reading the articles and knowing sort of what's going on in the world at the moment is really important because they are going to ask you to apply yourself. So know your stats, know the South African policies, know the purposes, objectives. Mm. Like they asked us, I remember in final year, they asked us is the new, that new policy that was released last year. I can't even remember what it's called now. And um, there were like five like objectives or something. And I was like, they're going to ask us that. Like, I just knew it. And then they did. And luckily, I had studied it because I just had a feeling that they're going to ask us something. And it makes sense if it's one of the newer policies. 
And there are also some like scenario things like we had a case study for um, the marketing of breast milk substitutes. So yeah, it's a bit of theory and it's really applied knowledge. So you need to know your Lancet articles. They really help so, so much. You know what the policies and programs are in Africa. Um, and obviously the Lancet framework for malnutrition. They, yeah, that's all applied stuff. So you need to have that knowledge to be able to answer the questions. So that's the only one that I think is a bit trickier to study because it's mainly articles um, going over that kind of stuff. The rest of them are pretty much the same as EOBs and tests and exams you've done previously. And then your orals are the same. So very practical. Obviously, dummy runs we've spoken about for, for um, therapy. But then you have a community nutrition oral and you have a food service oral. And they're both also very practical. So you'll get a topic and you have like, what, five, ten minutes to prepare. You can write some things down and take the piece of paper with you. I think in foods is one prepared, one unprepared. For example, I think... I was asked about um, the use of a menu in a food service unit. So then I had to like list obviously all the benefits and functions of having a menu. So it is theory, but it's practical. And a lot of it's what we learned in the food service unit, for example, in the blue book. So don't be too frightened that it's going to be something that you, you know, you've never heard about or spoken about before. It will definitely be something that you've come across throughout the year. So just apply that knowledge and just draw on everything that you remember and you'll be fine. I actually pretty, I kind of enjoyed the orals. They were not too stressful. Is that some people will have moderators. So I had, I think, two moderators. So um, they're just external moderators. Obviously, they have to make sure that our exams up to scratch and, you know, so don't be scared seeing a face that you're not used to. And yeah, I guess also don't try anything new. Don't try a new study method or something like that. Like stick to what you know, um, get your sleep in, um, get your exercise in, you know, really prioritize that because you don't want to be staying up super late and feeling tired for your exam. Um, yeah, like try and avoid that unnecessary sleep deprivation because there really is enough time and you've gone over the work. You know, I think we can both say we felt pretty prepared off the bat for the exams you know we just revision which was actually quite nice um a nice calm study experience compared to previously definitely i remember prof duplicy told us and she said you know everything or you should know everything already you've been through it so just take it easy and prioritize again your sleep and nutrition so that you are more prepared when you have to do your oral or write your exam and then what really helped me last year as well and I think Meg you did the same with some other girls was studying with someone so I studied with my friend Mia who was in a different group and we picked up different things because obviously you have different patients and different case studies so you are discussing a little bit of a different scenario in each group so that was really helpful and also I guess she was stronger in other areas and I was stronger in, in something different. So that was really nice to bounce off each other and just discuss instead of sitting there by yourself and trying to read your notes and just, you know, go through a case study or go through your notes together and discuss and say, oh, yes, I had a patient and this is what I did. And it, it was really productive. 
Yeah, 100%. I mm. did the same thing. Yeah. So um, we went through, yeah, for each of our exams, I think we just asked other questions, discussed things. And that really helped because we both kind of like formulated answers and bounced off each other, which was quite nice. So I think that's a great tip. Um, then the last kind of theory academic thing is thesis, which you start in third year already um, in a style of I'm not sure about other universities, how they do it, but we start in third year and then we go, we finish normally in April. Um, we have presentations, so it's about a year and then your final articles are due like June, July. Um, so I think because we do ours in a group and then you have to obviously submit your own articles to get um, marked and stuff. But I would say the biggest thing is being organized from the beginning and having like a clear structure. So obviously with research, your objectives are very important and that really guides the direction that you're going in terms of your study. But besides that, just in general, as a group being organized, having like clear deadlines, um, having clear like jobs for everyone, I found that really helpful. Um, because I was in charge of our group, so I can't really comment on like being my, my group members might be like, no, it was terrible, but hopefully not. I think we had quite a nice group, but um, <laughs> this is what helped helped me and our group function quite well. Was everyone had like a, a purpose and a function and a job to do. We had clear deadlines, you know, that really helped us a lot. And we worked on everything together, like the presentations, everything was together. Um, we had discussions, like really try to decide on things together, which was great. But in terms of but, like... Yes, Meg, I just want to jump in here and say having a group leader, I guess, or someone that's in charge of delegating is so important. I don't remember us actually having a specific leader. And that did sometimes, that could have led to a little bit of tension when someone felt like maybe they were doing more work than the others or, you know, that always happens in group work. So I think... As soon as you get your topic and as soon as you split into groups, really like choose someone that's good at delegating and your group did really, really well. And you also had a very interesting topic. It was on social media. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, well done. You guys did really well and you were very organized with that mm-hmm. regard. Thank you, Tess. I appreciate it. Um, and I think, yeah, that's, that's really important is just to have clear direction and that's the leader can really help provide that and just start being organized you know they can can do that kind of stuff but a trick that we I don't know if you guys did this I don't think so but I know we mainly use google drive in all of our stuff like all of our group work throughout the years we use google drive as like the easiest thing to use but we actually for our thesis we used OneDrive. so with um, your email, your student email address, you have Outlook, so all the Outlook stuff. And OneDrive is basically Outlook or Microsoft's version of Google Drive. So you can actually work on Word online, like online Word and download it. And then it syncs with Mendeley because our biggest stress was referencing. And you can have a Mendeley group. So if everyone has Mendeley, you can make a shared group. Then everyone... Um, can upload their articles onto the group on Mendeley because we had like three different um, sections for our literature review so we had three different groups working on stuff and then even towards the end like when we're editing our stuff then we'd add 
um, all the reference and stuff that we found. So that was really helpful because then everything just synced. So no matter who was working on the document at what time, you just insert the Mendeley reference and it's on Word. So it all just syncs up beautifully. And that saved us a heck load of time when it came to referencing because previously you'd have to one person go and insert every reference, which I mean, what we had like probably like a hundred references in order to review, which is just wild. So okay, it's probably not hundred, but it was a lot. Um, so that's a trick so that, I, a trick definitely that say, I definitely think you guys should get from the beginning is actually using Microsoft on OneDrive um, instead of using Google Drive. I found that way more easier to use or a lot easier. Your my English is gone. Already. It's been like 50 minutes of talking. Anyway. Yeah. So yeah, that's the biggest thing I'd say admin-wise. And then the other thing is obviously your presentations should be very like clean cuts, um, like scientific, you know, it's not like a yeah. I think getting a good out getting a good layout for your presentation really helps it come across not better but like streamlined if that makes sense and that's also obviously your facilitator your lecturers um your supervisor will also really help with that and in saying that leaning on your facilitator as well to really guide you guys in your research and to help you where you need help um yeah just remember that they're there for a reason they've got so much experience so try to do things yourself and be independent as a group, but then obviously get feedback and um, take that feedback on um, and work, try to work quite well with your facilitator or supervisor as well. I don't know if you have anything else. I don't know if you, did you guys use Microsoft Word or did you use Google? We used, we used Google Drive and I wish we used that OneDrive. That sounds like such a, a good way to work. And we did all the referencing manually. So thank you for that tip. I'm sure the fourth years next year will really find that beneficial and the third years and the students coming and anyone doing sort of a thesis project would be really happy to hear that. So thanks for sharing that, Meg. Of course. Um, so before we end off, let's just talk a little bit about creating balance and also just having fun in fourth year. So as we mm. said earlier, we have gone through all of our theory in third year so a lot of the hardcore studying is over it's a lot of revising and just applying your knowledge within the the block space so during the day so there was a lot more free time in fourth year and even though the blocks were quite intense especially therapy and you had those long hours and some grueling ward rounds but we had a lot of time on the weekends to relax we didn't have tests every week like we normally did in third year so I really think take advantage of that and going into ComServe you don't know where you're going to be next year um, so maybe make a little bucket list of what you want to do you know a little student bucket list things that you want to do in Cape Town, Stellenbosch or wherever you are studying at the moment and really make times time to like rest and and enjoy yourself before you graduate because being a student is a really like is a really memorable time in your life. I remember starting off with fourth year and just thinking, I feel like all I did this degree was study. I'm going to really prioritize my weekends for social, not yeah, for social aspects, because I'm only a student once or an undergrad once. 
let me actually have fun and it was one of the best years ever and you work hard during the week but in the weekend you can really have time to play and have fun Hmm. yeah I think it's such a nice it's just like a more balanced year you know it is a more balanced year yeah and also take time like you're working in groups and just take time to really like get to know everyone and it's a really nice year to spend with your class our classes are quite small and you know comp serve we're all all over the show we're not really seeing each other as much so just take the time to enjoy it also maybe plan something cool at the end of the year that's what we did we had a grad a grad getaway I guess I don't know what we can call it um but we actually went to your house Tess um and that was just so so much fun because we could just like all our exams are done and I have it's just like awesome to celebrate with the people that you've been working with for four years. So definitely plan something to look forward to at the end of the year. I think that would be a great idea if you're able to, or even just like if it's in Salabash or, you know, you're going and ha- having a glass of champagne and dinner, or, I don't know, whatever it is that you would enjoy with your friends. Um, yeah, I'll try to do that. And I have one last question for you. And that is... Um, do you feel, because this is a thing as something that's common that comes up, well, we don't do that but do you feel that after internship, you felt prepared to enter the working world as a dietitian? Okay. So I didn't. I didn't feel prepared when I graduated. I thought, how really? am I going to... No, I thought, I was so shocked because I just, I couldn't... I was like, I know my stuff, but we've had so much guidance. You know, there was always someone looking over our shoulder. So I was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to work? And as soon as I got into that comps of space, I knew what was going on. It was fine. It just came naturally. I think I was just a little bit nervous to have that 100% independence. Um, But you fall into place once you're there and you can always ask for help. But yeah, once I was there, I I got into it really quickly and it was pretty pretty chilled they really prepared us well at uni for this sort of thing and we were really up to date with the most recent science behind behind all the nutrition management in hospital which I was really grateful for yeah that's so funny because I felt scared I was like yeah this year like we learned so much and I feel like I'm capable and I'm able to do my job Although I was a bit scared being by myself at the hospital. Um, there's a lot of like just figure out. But yeah, I think because I think that's just something I've been asked a few times. Like, do you actually feel prepared or did you feel prepared afterwards? And I'd say I think, yeah, um, you know, you're, you're more than capable to do your job and work. I think as dietitians or maybe because we young as, as young dietitians, I know I definitely struggle with um remembering that I have studied four years of nutrition like I do know what's happening and I do know nutrition and what the science says and you know how to read articles and apply articles and where to look for to stay up to date and what I should do to stay up to date and all that kind of stuff my doubt was every time we would present we would get feedback And I forget that I was comparing myself to dietitians I'd been working for 20 plus years or 10 plus years. So I was like, I'm not like them yet. (laughs) 
I can't work, but you know, you've got to just trust the process and you'll learn learn as you go. Um, yeah. Definitely. But they did they really did prepare us. Yeah. And I think I always remember, um, like you said earlier, actually, is we learn all the basics, all the foundation knowledge of across all diseases and you know as we get gain more experience we start building our knowledge on those foundations and as we find things that we're interested in and that we enjoy like I don't know pediatrics or oncology or whatever it is we naturally then gravitate towards those topics and that research and that's how we build on top of the basics that we've learned um but yeah I just wanted to I was just interested to see how you felt after the year um so yeah look at us now we are almost finished concerts and we have and you know I think hopefully done well within our I think we've done well (laughs) and always reach out for help if you feel like you need it no one's judging you everyone's learning no one knows everything um so yeah just just trust the process I guess yeah So I hope that you guys could get some tips and good information from this like hour long conversation with Tess and I. Um, We really hope it is helpful and we wish you all the best for your final exams if you final year and also for your final year if you're going into that next year. And we are always here if you need to reach out for anything specific. Um, Yeah, so all the best. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed your time with us and we'll be back next week with a new podcast. If you have any questions about this podcast or any suggestions about what you would like us to talk about in the future, please message us via Instagram or email. Our details are in the show notes. And please, if you did enjoy this podcast, share it on your socials, give us a follow and we'll see you soon.